Okay, welcome to the Dog In Podcast. Uh, today, we are talking to Professor Austin. Um, and so what I'll have you do first is tell us a little bit about your journey uh, in higher ed, the degrees you have, places you've studied, and places you've worked. Okay. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree in industrial technology, and I'm what they call all but dissertation on a doctorate in educational um, leadership and administration from University of the Pacific. Um, when I, I followed a, I was born in North Carolina, followed my first wife to Texas where she had a job and I went to the University of North Texas and got my um, teaching credential and I taught in, at Vivian Field Junior High School in Carrollton, Texas for a few years. Um, my wife had an opportunity to um, work in Singapore. So I went with her and I taught at Baharudin Vocational Institute in Singapore. The marriage broke up. I came back to the States. I was two courses short of finishing my master's. And so um, I wandered into the, uh, had flown back, single, borrowed my father's Volkswagen van and took my time getting back to Denton, Texas. And I walked into the department office on a, um, 11 o'clock on a Friday and the department chair came out and grabbed me by the collar and said, we've been looking for you for the past two weeks, which I'd been trying. And he said, just three classes we need you to teach because we just got, I practically just got some release time to do some research. You start Monday and handed me the books. Um, I went from figuring I was going to be a fry cook to finish up my degree, um, to suddenly being full-time university professor. Um, and, but then after that stint, um, I decided I needed some time in industry, worked in industry in Austin, Texas for about 20 years. Um, followed my second wife out here. She was hired as a tenure track, um, faculty, but she did not get tenure. But in the meantime, they had, um, needed somebody to teach some of the industrial technology methodology courses. I happened to be credentialed in it. So um, moved in here and then several of the faculty, uh, one of them got very sick and I took over his classes and one of them died. I took over his classes and I've been here full time for um, 20 years now. Wow. I was working on my doctorate, but um, I did not finish my dissertation because my that second wife left me with two preteen kids to single parent, and I couldn't teach here full time and parent full time and do a full time dissertation. So I did all the coursework, but never the dissertation. What part of your job uh, on campus is the most fun? Um, well, I teach these hands-on classes, um, and so it's fun to see the students. Um, it's most enjoyable when a student's scared to run a piece of machinery, and then they, um, by the end of the semester, they're flipping levers and doing things and um, welding and um, just having a good time understanding how the um, stuff works 
And so that's, that's really one of the more enjoyable parts of it, is watching the students grow and their self-confidence. Okay. Uh, two classes you'll be teaching in fall, IT 74 and IT 114. Uh, once students have learned the material and done all the assignments in the class, what should they be able to do? Um, 74 is manufacturing processes and they will know a little bit about how stuff is made and our advisory board um, like the fact that they have we do things um, with manual machines so they can understand um, how it works it's easy to learn the computerized stuff if you know the basics so do the basics and um, 114 is industrial materials. So at the end of that, um, they know the different types of plastics and different types of steels and different types of other metals. And um, from that, those are things that um, when we have interns, they come back and say, man, the stuff that you were teaching in those classes is exactly what we're doing out at. Um, Bet's company or at um, JBT or even at Gallo because we go into um, statistical controls and they need to understand how a lot of stuff operates and this is what my classes do in our whole um, department that's what we're trying to get accomplished. Earlier you mentioned uh, not just IT students take the course uh, what types, uh, what other students take this cl these classes? Um, IT74 can be substituted in the engineering programs for one of their um, required courses, a similar course to it. Ours is a little more hands-on and involves more machine operations. So we get a lot of um, mechanical engineers or even um, computer civil engineers taking um, one for, or taking 74 to be able to substitute in for that class. Okay. Uh, personally, what's your favorite topic or assignment in the class? Um, that's hard to say. Um, I have a lot of different, um, for me, I enjoy making stuff, but I don't get to do that with these things, I, to watch the kids make these things. Um, but some of these are just very interesting to watch a kid who's never welded, who's heard what the word is, but doesn't know anything about it. And for the first time, they actually start um, welding. And it's a very exciting thing to watch, um, to watch that happen. What's the most challenging thing for students in these classes? Um, planning. Mm. I purposely don't treat this like a high school class where I'm going to lead them through every step. Um, they have to figure out and make a plan for how they're going to make a particular part or how they're going to approach a particular machine. And it may not be right, but um, hopefully they will, you know, I'm not going to let them do something unsafe but um, they will have to start thinking it through and figuring out what the steps are, where you break steps apart. Um, 
one of the things after this class, after this program and, and it starts in this class is learning how to write work instructions. So they could um, work for a company and write the instructions, which means breaking down the operation into steps. And this is the first place they learn to do that. And it's hard for them. So uh, this is interesting. I'm glad I'm talking to you because a lot of students have been asking how labs and shops and stuff like that will be uh, in the remote environment. So uh, you are one of the first folks I've talked to where you will actually have students on campus. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, we're going to have only a few students in the lab at any given time. They're going to have to wear masks, of course. Dust mask is nothing new to our field. Um, so masks is, is normal PPE, but we're going to have them wear rubber gloves. Um, we're going to have disinfecting solutions. And when they're operating these machines, they're only touching two or three surfaces, you know, a button here and a lever there. We're going to have them wipe them down when they're done. But we've got enough pieces of equipment where we would normally have eight students running eight different lathes. Um, we're just going to have one student at a time running a lathe. And the next day, uh, the student that comes in will run a different lathe, and the next one will run a different lathe. And so each lathe will sit unattended for um, at least seven days, which is within the guidelines put out by the CSU. Um, so they, if a surface, if a room isn't occupied for seven days, it's considered sanitary um, because the coronavirus can't live that long on any surface. Um, so what's going to be different is the students are going to come in and instead of coming in and having 24 students crawling all over each other and sharing um, tools, it's going to be one in at a time on each of what I call stations. And they're going to do their work. And so it's going to be very different. I will actually have um, laid out some of the plans. So I'm, I'm going to have to kind of drop off that planning element of the class um, and instead make sure that they get the machine operation. Um, hmm. And so you've got to change the curriculum. That, that's one of the things when you're designing a course with safety in mind, you got to say what is most important and Run, learning how to run the machinery and getting, seeing how things are done is more important than planning. I can, I can work some planning exercises in a virtual world, which is what I'll probably do. Right. Uh, what can students do to get the most out of these classes without struggling on their own? Um, they've got to fully participate. And each semester, I mean, I have my course very integrated into Canvas and before that Blackboard. I've always had them, I've all, you know, it's supposed to be a two hour lecture, two hour lab. Well, I'll only lecture for about 30 to 40 minutes, but then I'll give them about an hour and a half worth of videos that they have to watch on each, in each unit. And I'll say, go home and watch these videos. Um, and so that, even in a face-to-face -face class, is how it was operating. Now it's just going to be um, that lecture part is going to be all virtual. And the students who don't pay attention and don't interact regularly with Canvas struggle the most. 
um, the um, those that do watch the videos come into class prepared, they do great. Others that say, ah, I'm not going to watch any old videos, um, don't. I'm thinking that it's going to change. I, I've noticed a change in after March when we had to close down that um, the students seem, some of most of the students seem to pay attention more to the videos um, because it's, you know, they realized that was the only thing that would be graded on, so they did it. Um, they don't realize, haven't realized in the past how important those videos were to lab work. I'm, I'm not sure uh, if you all have any tutors in the Pathways program or uh, if there will be any tutors in the Learning Center, but if there, if there is another student trying to help a classmate, like what advice would you give them? Um, we don't have tutors. Um, in my classes, they're um, broken up into groups, and each group I, I do a pre-test and find out who has a little bit more experience in some of these areas, and I make sure at least one experienced person in each group, so they, they help each other a lot. Um, how it's going to work in the virtual world, I don't know, um, because that's going to be an interesting question and I may have to do that as I said I teach 114 in addition to 1 to 74 and the materials class is also normally a um, two-hour lecture two-hour lab and I'm going to do all the labs in the virtual world tensile tests and things can be done with um, with video tests those kind of there's all kinds of physics stuff that is out there um, but um that's a good question i may have to try to figure out a way to make the students interact with each other so that that student who understands it can explain it better um than i can um, that's that's a good question i'm going to work on that i found that uh the discussion board feature on uh canvas just leaving like an open thread for q a is pretty effective yeah, I use that for my online class for teacher education. Um, I generally set that up so that they can communicate to each other, and they do quite frequently. Um, and so I'm sure I'll put some discussion boards in these classes. Um, but I'm I'm not I haven't haven't done it with the undergraduates. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that works. Um, yeah, I usually pose some particular um, prompts to get. Um, these teacher ed people, they're, they're all actual working teachers, they're all credentialed, and they're in different parts of the state, so this is a chance for them to communicate to each other. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to figure out a way to make the discussion boards a little more specific, though. Right, um, you're, you're one of the fortunate uh, folks that had a lot of uh, remote experience before all this happened. Yeah, I, I took the course in how to teach online, and so, um, it was a bit of a scramble um, at the end of the spring. I thought it was going to be a lot easier, but I realized how much of my lecture time is actually discussion time. Um, mm. I took PowerPoints and did voiceovers and I went, wait a minute, I usually <laughs> draw that out on a whiteboard. <laughs> right, right. All the little nuances of, of lessons. Yeah. Um, so it was a, a learning experience for me too. 
Okay, I have some rapid fire questions for you with one word answers. Um, so introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Email or office hour? Email. Scantron or short answer? Scantron. Meat or no meat? Meat. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Milk chocolate. What is your least favorite word? Oh, um, I'm thinking of um, some derogatory words for races or um, maybe racism altogether. Mm. What is your favorite word? Joy. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this. Um, you're the first person I've interviewed that will actually have students on campus. So uh, that's very interesting. You're also uh, the first person who prefers Scantron. <laughs> so that's actually really ask, Do people know what, that's, what that actually is? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for this. Okay. Thank you. I think this is a pretty good program you got going. Yeah, we're just trying to help inform students about what they're signing up for. Yeah. Okay.